All right. Uh, okay, I just hit record on Reaper. So I am going here as well. Also, in the spirit of trying to make stuff like faster and quicker, mm -hmm. um, do you want to hear the uh, the intro? And we just go straight from the intro jingle. Did you change the intro? No, but like I can actually play it for you. Uh, if you want. <laughs> oh. Sup, nerds. Welcome to Powerful, the Power Metal Podcast. I am Fernando. I'm here back again after a long time. And with me is our good friend, Kyle. Hello. How's it going, Kyle? It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, we've had some stuff happen that I am excited to talk about today. Yeah. It's so our friend Kyle here has had an absolute vendor of festivals and shows throughout the whole week and a half going around the North American continent. From city to city, from show to show, just consuming all of the power and trad heavy metal that he could find. Yeah, consuming all of the power is a, a good way to describe it. Uh, I don't know why fucking everyone was like, all right, COVID's over, end of April, That's everything's coming back right there, okay. So, like, tons of fests and shows and tours, and I didn't even get to do everything I wanted to do, too, uh, because just too much stuff was happening even with my week and a half of power that we'll get into here. Yeah, it's it's truly a lot. There were a lot of tours that started basically at the same time, both here uh, on this side of the planet and on Europe. And everyone was scrambling to see what can I get? What shows can I see? Can I time this one? Maybe if I go to this city, then I can catch the other van in the other city. Uh, a lot of people scrambling like that. So that's mainly what we're going to talk about. I think. The last time we made an episode, we were talking about this ending of the kind of downer that we had the past two years and going back to shows and listening to new bands and all the albums that started releasing out of nowhere. And this is a, basically a continuation of that. Just all those plans coming to fruition, at least for Kyle that got to go to all the shows. And some of the shows that I actually uh, also saw uh, because one of these festivals was live streamed online, which is something we get in more detail a bit later into the episode, which is really great, honestly. Because otherwise, I, I, I just, I would have missed absolutely 100% of this. Yeah, I'm glad I have that uh, ready for the people to watch online, because it's not like things are exactly easy to get to, even with the pandemic starting to wind down here, hopefully, knock on wood. Yeah, exactly. So let's get a ride into it yes transport us in time where did you start this whole trip this whole thing my adventure started in the frozen north as is appropriate for metal uh the frozen north in this case being vancouver canada you know particularly frozen uh this time of year so this is for hyperspace metal festival the third iteration of this festival uh, put on by the organizer joey hawken who we spoke to at the start of 2020 when everything was all nice and optimistic for the future we were so ready to to just we were talking about how great the festival was gonna be how sick the lineup was i was gonna go all the way to vancouver 
we were all going to meet up and have fun. Yeah, and then a little something-something happened. Yeah, and, you know, but now we're here. Yeah, hyperspace being was going to be in April 2020 and was the real first casualty of the pandemic for me. So getting to finally go to this goddamn thing uh, really felt good. It's like, oh my god, we made it. We're here. Yeah, exactly. So this is a... In its current iteration, it's a three-day-long festival with the first day kind of being a smaller affair in, like, uh, like basically, like, a random bar in a sketchy part <laughs> of Vancouver called a Funky Winker Beans, which is a, just a lovely name for a bar. <laughs> Indeed. But it, it kind of starts off the fest in this smaller venue with this, you know, tiny fucking stage where you really get to uh, have an, an intimate experience, uh, as, as they like to say, right? Right. And what better way to start this whole festival than with a folk metal band who has to squeeze like a cello onto this tiny stage <laughs> along with their like violin player and all their other folk bullshit that goes on. So the first band that started off the whole festival was uh, Winter's Reach, if I'm reading their strange logo correctly. Yeah, I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, so Hyperspace... Uh, they call themselves a, like a melodic and power metal festival. They don't really, they don't really pitch themselves in holes into one particular subgenre. They are pretty open to a variety of styles, from you know, folk metal to trad metal to euro power to prog or like mellow death. You know, whatever the fuck you want, as long as it's not just like you know straight black metal or whatever. You know, it'll probably be at this festival, which is good to have that variety when you have so many days and bands in a row. So starting off with folk metal, I thought was a lot of fun. Uh, it just kind of suckered me back into the whole festival show feel after several months of uh, of a dry spell there. Mm. Now, was mm. was this first day streamed for you guys, or was it just the other two main days? It was. I think it was the other two main days. I don't remember that this one was actually streamed, and I think it makes sense because the whole setup needed. I think they only did it for the in the other venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could check that actually, just to be sure, but I'm pretty sure that day one was not streamed. I don't recall seeing people like walking around with like the stream camera or anything like it was yeah. at the other shows. Yeah, it was on the day two and three on Grant from Unleash the Archers. Yeah, it, it was it will all be coming streaming. up a lot. Yeah, so it, it was streamed on Grant's uh, Twitch channel. He's from Unleash the Archers, he's been streaming for a while. Uh, and he he made it all was the main head of making it all happen uh, alongside Chad from Kingdom Prime and Ty from Lords of the Trident and Rob from Ravenous and a bunch of other people they all got together just to make this whole live stream of a whole festival day. but we're jumping ahead yeah well, I'll keep it on the, the the down low the small side for now some other highlights from this first day of the fest included Apprentice the mellow death band that's put on by uh, Joey Hawken is one of their guitarists. You know, why not put your own damn band in your own damn fest? I think it's appropriate that you have that right. Although he just put himself in like the small stage, like as the third band. So like a very like, you know, just no, no frills spot there, which, mm -hmm. you know, that works too. Uh, they were uh, one of my favorite parts of that first day. Really fun. A lot of stage presence. They, you know, they're squeezing all of these like, quite a few big metal dudes onto a tiny stage but you know hey they worked it out <laughs> the the fucking venue had like a pillar like supporting a thing like in the exact like middle of the floor where you might be watching the bands 
which just made this even more awkward. But uh, you know, it adds personality uh, <laughs> to that feeling there. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. I know some of my like pictures and videos from this first day of the festival are just like, uh, so you can't really see the singer. He's behind that pillar. Just trust me, he's there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, a couple other big ones I like to talk about for this first one was Silver Talon from Portland. These guys, uh, they riff hard and they riff fast. They've got like their shirtless guitarist on stage with his like shining white blonde hair. Uh, I've listened to these guys a little bit before and I was quite excited to see them here as well. Uh, they were kind of deep into the schedule, so I was tired <laughs> throughout their set. Kind of a unfortunate thing with how these festivals go is like, oh yeah, this really exciting band is later on. But I've also already watched like three or four bands and I've been standing and I may or may not have enough food and I'm tired and dehydrated. So uh, uh, pro tip, drink lots of water at a festival, guys. Yeah, definitely. Or, or alcohol, you know, <laughs> if that works for you too, I guess. Pref- preferably both. Preferably <laughs> both. Like, you, you should still have, like, an actual intake of water just for, for your own safety, <laughs> besides all the alcohol that you can chug yeah, down. Yeah, this first venue had a, like, drink, like, just like a water bucket or thing on the bar that you could just walk up and get glasses from, which was uh, quite nice. I always appreciate when it's just like, boom, here, have water, please. Mm-hmm. The uh, the next venue was not so easy on that, but we'll get to that. Ooh. The headliner of day one uh, was Iron Kingdom. And somehow these guys really helped me rally. The the power, the speed, the riffs, uh, they were just incredible. They were super fun to watch, had tons of stage presence. Even though they, they were kind of a smaller band, uh, it was just four people in total on stage, including the drummer. So the two guitarists, the bassist, and the guitarist basically doing double duty with vocals. Their mm. main front man uh, is this, this big dude with big hair and a big personality. I feel like sometimes when bands have their guitarists and uh, pull double duty as vocals, they sometimes have a hard time sort of commanding the crowd and having that stage presence. Uh, mm. but these guys pulled mm. it off uh, just fine. Uh, I was super into their show. That was a lovely time. Yeah, that's uh, it actually takes a lot to be the frontman that's singing and playing and then not just stay there static <laughs> trying to do both things that are might be incredibly hard so that that's great yeah. to hear that they pull it off having fewer people on stage i think also let them move around mm-hmm. and have mm-hmm. the different guitarists interact with each other interact with the crowd more uh, and when you're in such a tiny venue as we were like you're looking right at these fucking people. So all of their like body language, their facial expressions, you can very easily see and, and read all of that. And all that comes through and how you're uh you know experiencing this performance too. Hmm. So just being up there and smiling <laughs> makes a big difference and not just standing there nodding your head and being like, Oh, I'm a tough metal guy. Yeah, definitely. So highly recommend Iron Kingdom's live show. So after that, I stumbled back to my uh, Airbnb through a sketchy part of Canada. Mm. And we'll we'll jump right into day two of the fest. Now, so day two and three are at the like main theater, which is the rickshaw theater. And then also a uh, sketchy part of Vancouver, Canada. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of fucking bands uh, on this day, including I think all the bands I was most excited to see. Uh, this is like we said, this is when you guys started having your, your big old live stream. Mm-hmm. The main theater is much bigger, probably like a thousand ish people is what the maximum is. I'm not sure exactly. Uh, 
but uh, the bigger theater has like a, the whole standing section and also has like a almost the same size seated section behind it. Mm. So even though there's like seven fucking bands, you can still uh, you know sit down and enjoy the bands, save energy for later, uh, take a little rest. But that's like kind of like the venue uh, from for Proc Power. Right. Yeah, it's it's less round than that. Whereas, you know, Prague right, is like right. that semicircle. This was more just like straight on. But you have both the floor and the seats, so you can really manage your your stamina. For it definitely helps for sure. Cool. The uh, the bar at this venue was uh, not my favorite, being cash only and charging was it like twenty five cents for a cup for water or something what? because of some law in vancouver what? which was unfortunate but, that's uh, awful yeah it's not great i guess it's something about like plastic uh disposable limiting whatever for canada whatever anyway uh the main thing is the bands uh, a few highlights that i want to get into for just the first band of the show that uh, was ophelia falling uh i was I think I had kind of low expectations for this. Uh, Mike and I, a buddy in Vancouver who I went to the shows with, were like, oh, this is just going to be some like boring symphonic thing. Uh, but I thought they had a lot of stage presence. They were a lot of fun uh, to get going with the great opening for the show. Mm-hmm. They were also followed up by uh, Zimani, I think is how you say it, which was, like, in total, there were two people in this band. Yeah, uh, It was a drummer and then a guy with a guitar doing vocals. Yeah, Which... Uh, I respect that the guy even managed to do such a thing. Uh, I think it's kind of less interesting of a show when you just have the one guy to look at and he's kind of busy doing everything. Uh, But I still respect the effort that they put in. I I find it really striking because just having two people on stage like that and then a bunch of biking tracks filling in, it was like, it looked like a cool show for the stream. But I don't know. I'm thinking like, I don't know if only five years ago, people have chased them off the stage in a metal show for doing such a thing. I know it has happened here. (laughs) At these festivals, though, it's not like there's any bad vibes or anything. People are just are very supportive. Yeah, and I think that's great. Even if it's kind of weird or if there's technical difficulties, they're just going to go along with it. that's, That's honestly great. It's very great. It's great to see because these are cool ideas. Like maybe you can't find all the musicians that you need, but if the main things that you want to play, you can play them. It can be a cool show. Yeah. So, so when you're watching these streams, I didn't really watch much of the VODs. Um, it looked like a lot of the shots were from like behind the performers. Yeah. Was there anything of like the actual just showing the stage? Yeah. So there was uh, a camera that was uh, to the back and left of the stage uh so mainly that aimed at the drummer and the backs of everyone else uh there was a camera that w- that shot from the left of the from stage right uh from the front there wasn't like a main front camera from like the mixing this uh, or anything from from like the mid center of the audience there wasn't one like that they were all from the sides uh, but some were capturing the front, some were capturing the back. And then sometimes they cut to Ty's handheld camera. Will they have the handheld camera even during the shows? In some shows, uh, he got close to the to the stage 
uh, from the from the photo area, you know, oh, that's right? Cool. And and then they turned it. The, there was a, a slight problem though because when they cut to the the few times that they did that, uh, since the stream was set up so that that camera has its own microphone for when Ty was sp speaking between uh, the sets. Uh, between the different bands. Oh, so fuck with the audio. The sound was on for it, so you had double audio, and due to the loss of physics, the audios were delayed from each other, so you just heard... Oh, no. That's all you need to hear. But it was just... They used it a couple times. The shots were cool, so it was fine. Awesome. Next band I'll talk about real quick was Nova Rain. I had seen them before at Mad With Power, I've, I've, they're kind of described as a Dragon Force at home, uh, but I like Dragon Force. So a band that just says, okay, we're going to play really fast, shreddy guitar, winkery, power metal is a damn good time. And I was very happy to see them again as well. Yeah. I, I didn't watch uh, their full set, uh, but it was, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. I feel like they were supposed to have a new album out like forever ago, and then that never happened. So I'm not really sure what their deal is, but. Hopefully soon. Because they were talking about that before the pandemic. What have they been doing the whole pandemic? Well, you know, life is hard during the pandemic. Yeah, that's true. That's what true. have we been doing during the pandemic? We've been doing stuff. You've put out like tons we, of music. Nah, it wasn't tons of music. Like 2021 was so dry. We did nothing. <laughs> you put out fucking Eons and Throne in 2021. Yeah, I guess it came out in 2021. I forgot about that. Anyways. Anyway, speaking of Eons Enthroned, uh, the next band was probably the one I was most excited to see, uh, being Planeswalker. Indeed. Uh, the, this is the the collaboration project of Sozo Michael of Glory Hammer slash Exilian Prime slash Eons Enthroned slash some other things. Uh, it was really cool to finally see this project uh, come together. It's kind of a miracle to have Planeswalker happen live at all. Uh, it was kind of formed because it was too hard to have Sozos and Jason play live together in Helium Prime uh, because Sozos lives, you know, on the complete other side of the whole fucking world in Cyprus. But he flew all the way to Vancouver for this and other things. And I was so stoked to finally see what's one of my favorite albums of this past year uh, actually perform live. And they did every song that they have except for uh, Shadows of Ameria because that's the one with, where the, the guest wasn't there. Uh, I know Chris and Starkey at this one, but uh, Sozos is so good live. <laughs> it's amazing. And like, he was just walking around uh, or, like earlier at the fest because all, all the band members are just there. So I got to talk to him in person, you know, real nice guy, real humble. And he gets on stage and he's just a monster vocalist. I love it. Yeah, that that's really great. And he's not even being like swarmed. Like, I'm like, this is the guy in Glory <laughs> Hammer. This was before like, you know, their new song or whatever came out. But I'm like, do people not realize this? Like, if this was Thomas fucking Winkler a year ago, like, everyone would be like, holy fucking shit, it's Angus McFuck my dick. Like, oh my God. <laughs> but okay. Uh, I guess so. But I, I I don't know. In a way, it's nice to to see that you could have that fist and be like down to earth and not completely taken over by a band that isn't even there. Mm -hmm. So I think that's nice. Planeswalker is also the, the first of three sets that Jason Ashcraft played at this whole freaking festival. Yeah, man. That, the dude carrying nuts. the whole fest. That's yeah, it, it's insane. Jason Ashcraft Fest. It's not Hyperspace Fest. Yeah. I've, I've never heard of anyone doing 
three sets at a festival like that. No, because it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of songs. It's really draining. And I think he said he would not do it again. <laughs> But, yeah, but he pulled it off. He was only playing rhythm guitar, you know. He, he, did he really? <laughs> yeah, have because that it's hard? so easy to play rhythm guitar in fl- it's just free a power metal sets. Yeah, you know, he doesn't. He wasn't doing any like the hard solos or anything. <laughs> it's fine. Oh man, fucking uh, Ty from Lords of the Trident like made him a plaque for doing yeah. the most sets at hyperspace. Yeah, it, it, that was very nice, very lovely. He deserves the, the the little reminder of like you did this great thing, dude. Show it off. <laughs> yeah, the the real highlight of Planeswalker's set, and for me, probably the whole fest as a whole, was when they did uh, Planeswalker's big epic song, Oath of the Gatewatch. They had all of the singers, uh, you know, Brittany from Unleash the Archers, obviously Sozos, uh, Heather from other Helion Prime stuff, and uh, Rab from Ravenous all up on stage, all in their fucking costumes as the actual planeswalkers from the video. Uh, they had some other guy... Um, Grant. Dressed up as... That was Grant uh, from Unleash the Archers. Grant, oh, no, Grant was there helping with guitars, yes. No, but, but he did... The, the, the other guy doing the, the harsh vocals, I can't that, no, remember that, his that, name. That was Grant. Andrew... He didn't have hair. Andrew Kingsley was playing guitar for that set, right? Oh, was he? Because I know Andrew and Grant both did like yeah. guitars for other bands. And yeah, I got Andrew mixed up which one did. Uh, Andrew was playing uh, as part of the Planeswalker uh, live band, and Grant did the harsh uh, vocal part that, that they do that got smashed. I, I'm not big on Magic the Gathering lore, uh, so Nick I don't know. Nixilis, I think, is his name. Yeah, uh, if I'm looking at the picture that they posted of of everyone in, in the at the end of the set, and yeah, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Grant did the vocals. Um, uh, the costume kind of threw me off. Yeah. Because uh, on the album, uh, Heather does the harsh vocals yeah. and like plays two characters, but they can't really do that here. Yeah. So this is the post that uh, that they made. So I understand. Oh, uh, it was Andy on guitar. Hmm. With, with the hood on, I can't tell if he has like Grant's hair. It seems really <laughs> tight. I don't think... Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you can just munch up all your hair and put it inside a hood. Yeah, you can. You can, definitely. Uh, so this is great. Just and to, to complete the, the lineup, it, it was uh, Chelsea McMaster's uh, playing bass, uh, Alex Bosson playing the drums, and then uh, Andrew playing the other guitar, as we said. And this mm-hmm. is... Because this is mainly Jason and, and Sosa, right? Uh, Jason right. has, like, the... Let's do all this about Magic the Gathering. And then Sosos wrote the music. And they've been recorded. They, they released the album. It's an international recording. It recorded the parts and then they sent it to me as, as usual now. Uh, but this, having them being able to play show live, this is only the second time Jason and Sosos play live. The first one was the previous Hyperspace when they played as Helium Prime. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I was. It's the one show they ever did with yeah. Sozos with Helian Prime. Yeah, and this is it, it, it's a shame because like this whole thing happened. And they ended up just going with another vocalist for Helian Prime because they needed someone local to the US to be able to tour. Because flying him uh, and getting him a visa to actually work in the US was way too much. It was very it's a hard. Up. Yeah, and that's why. It, 
hyperspace is cool because it's in Canada and in Canada there, there wasn't all those issues with the visas and, and everything. Yeah, when I was talking to Ty after the fest, it's kind of like it's so hard to get people into America. So all these like smaller international bands, we kind of just need to bring them over to hyperspace, uh, have them play there. So yeah, we got to get, you know, Fellowship has to play hyperspace or Hannah War has to play yeah. hyperspace instead. Hannah War should open hyperspace and then we can have that Fellowship. Would be so sick. We can have Planeswalker. We can have everyone there. Oh, man. And ha- having Planeswalker here performing this live was really just like, it felt like... Th- a once in a lifetime i can't believe i'm watching this kind of ordeal yeah yeah definitely because there's really no uh easy way to make to pull this off regularly um and it's like we can we can try to make it as popular as possible people go share it and everything uh but to be able to get to the point where this kind of lineup can actually play regularly it, it's really hard Really, really hard. So this is this was great, and I envy you <laughs> for being able to be there. <laughs> I feel bad for not going. This a really real missed opportunity. But luckily, the live stream that they made on Grant's uh, Twitch channel uh, was really good. Uh, so we were able to at least appreciate what was going on and listen to the great performances because it was truly, truly great performances. Really, really solid, and it, it was very nice. Yeah, I was really stoked that so many people in the Discord were able to watch this and have their own experience for like a little mini festival to themselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was kind of weird with the Planeswalker set that they didn't actually close with Oath of the Gate Watch. Like that's where they had all the people and they took the picture, but then they also then wrapped up with the uh, title track uh, for Tales of Magic." Yeah, which is also a phenomenal song. Phenomenal song, uh, and was really cool to see live but it was kind of a weird to have that after like the big musical and like emotional climax that was mm. oath of the gate watch mm. but fuck it it worked too yeah it worked too and nothing it's it's it was hard enough to make this work i can't imagine right. how many things were, were like last moment issues and people running around and switching things around i know they had technical issues on the next day uh, and on this day too, we heard from some of the band members, and we can mention it later. Uh, mm-hmm. And even though with all of that, which is normal for any live show, this was this was pretty damn great. Yeah, like I hardly noticed anything going wrong except for a couple things uh, the next day. But uh, it was <laughs> it was really sick to see this. They had t- all the, so many people on this stage. Thank God it was you know the bigger stage. They wouldn't be able to fit all ten people or whatever on the other one. Yeah, yeah, you, you need like <laughs> big stage <laughs> for this. Okay, so Planeswalker was amazing, as yes. we said. Uh, then we got another one of our personal favorites in a way, which is yeah. Uh, this ha- having like the two bands I was probably most looking forward to back to back made this uh, quite the series of events because right after Planeswalker was Ravenous. Uh, our buddies that we talked to last year who released their album hubris uh we talked to jake and rav on the podcast for a very very long time i was stoked to finally get to see them live and sure i'm you know rather biased because this is a band that my friends are in but they have really awesome music and they put on one of the best shows of the fest in my mind uh because their style of power metal is just super hype 
Uh, Rav is, you know, a great front man, very high energy. He's got his weird fucking contacts where he can't see anything. <laughs> uh, Jake on the guitars is, uh, you know, he's a he's a big boy, but he's got a lot of stage presence. Uh, he's always smiling a bunch, which, like I mentioned before, really comes through, especially uh, when you're up close. Like I was in the front row for this. I felt like there was like a more active pit for more of this set than most of the other uh, bands that were playing. Mm. But their style being kind of more aggressive power metal works for that as well. Yeah. Yeah, you could say that Planeswalker is a more uh, I'm watching this cool show and Ravenous is more I am having fun in this pit while these guys are yeah. directing the pit. I think it's, that's like a, a, it's like let's have this crazy party, aggressive, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I gotta say, Ramenus, uh, at least for me, up to the point, it was the the best performance out of everyone. Uh, they were so good, so tight, uh, so clear and clean, and they 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 have the advantage that they've been playing some more shows than many of these bands uh, that we mentioned before. Right. They were supporting, I think, Unleash the Archers last year. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, they even played some sh earlier shows this year. And, mm -hmm. and it's, man, it was such a great set. Very, very high energy, very, very polished, though, very fun, basically. But that's even it. if they didn't have their in ear monitors working. Yeah, <laughs> which here, is impressive. So that, that, it's very impressive because after the whole show and after the festival, we talked with Jake and he was like, yeah, something, something got fucked up and we couldn't hear ourselves in our in-ear monitors that means they were playing deaf basically they were playing out of memory and not really hearing what they were doing themselves mm -hmm. and it came out perfectly so you know that that's that's great musicianship there where you are yeah and you're having trouble when you're in the live environment yeah it's you're not always going to notice the details especially because like you're excited and the sound is you know kind of fucked because it's really loud and depending on where you're standing you might not hear certain things and people are just excited to be there and they're just going to move on even if there's, you know, slight mistakes are in there. Mm. You're not like going through the whole thing like, oh, yes, this note was, you know, yeah, but even, even, even trying to go like that, they were really good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So the thing is that it was a great set. It was great deal of fun. Uh, and this is where I topped out of the stream because it was way too late for me. <laughs> um, due to the time difference and I was really tired. Yeah. The following bands of the, of the evening I just was sitting down for because I was very tired. Uh, but I, I will mention Legion, or I'll, I'll mention briefly the, the next band, Archon Legion or Archon Legion. So this is like the, like Mellow Deathy band that Grant and Andy from Unleash the Archers were in before Unleash the Archers. So they kind of resurrected mm. it for this fest. And this was really cool to see, like basically a dead band uh come back up like the old school stuff before grant and andy kind of hit it big with unleash the archers um this whole festival or at least a lot of it is like there was no actual unleash the archers but e like every member of unleash the archers was performing with other bands so yeah you know, unleash the archers you know diet or whatever that, that, still that's cool really cool that's really cool because they are still there supporting the scene even if they are not playing with their main band yeah, a, a big takeaway from this festival in general for me was the Vancouver and I guess broader Canadian metal scene. It seems pretty strong. 
Uh, like there's a pretty solid community, lots of different types of bands. Uh, a lot of the attendees at the fest were local. A lot of the bands are Canadian. They all seem very happy to support each other. Everyone I talked to at the fest was very nice. Uh, so it's uh, really just quite a, a lovely time there at the old hyperspace. Yeah, indeed. That really shined through uh, on the stream uh, because they were streaming all throughout the day, right? So the idea is they were filling out the space between band sets uh, because there was like a 20 minute, 20 or 30 minute change over time. Mm -hmm. And so most of the time it was type just going around the floor and outside and talking to people or going, uh, showing off the merch uh, from the different stands, from the different bands. Uh, sometimes just hanging out for a while with someone, trying to get the chat on the stream going and getting excited. Uh, they may sometimes it, it was Rob taking over as uh, the caster or presenter. Uh, sometimes it was Grant. They were just going all around, just asking people how they were doing and showcasing what's basically that local scene there and how everyone was really nice and having a lot of fun and were really excited to be able to attend this festival and just have all these bands here it was very uh very nice lot lots of fun they even gave away a guitar that was signed by most of everyone that was there oh shit i didn't know about that yeah there That's was cool. there was a like a raffle, I guess. Uh, you just had to be. I don't remember what the 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 thing was. You had to be subscribed, and you just you know you use one of the bots there on on Twitch, and, you, and yeah, like uh, you're subscribed to Grant, and yeah. you're entered in for a chance or whatever. Yeah, and then uh, someone won. Uh, they would send it to them, and it was a small guitar. Like it wasn't nothing fancy, but the thing is that it was completely plastered by signatures from everyone that was at the fest. It was really cool. Yeah, that's sick. And then uh, we got to see, we got a bunch of behind the scenes, like from the green room and from behind the, the stage when people were coming out of their shows, little talks. Yeah, you're seeing stuff there. that I didn't even get to yeah. see and I was at the damn thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got some, basically we, we got everyone that was watching the stream, uh, got the special theaters, uh, all the bonus material, Yeah, which is like, in a way, okay, it's nice because otherwise we would be there hanging out with everyone. Uh, so that's, to compensate, I guess. It was also fun to play the game of finding Kyle on the stream <laughs> with everyone <laughs> in the chat. Uh, well, I, I was on the stream for like a, like a minute yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. We we got you there representing Powerful and, and everyone from the Power Metal chat. Um, but it was more fun to just, when Ty was walking around with the camera trying to see which one is Kyle, what's... Oh, there, there. Oh, Which one is where, that? Where's the guy with, with, yeah. the, with the long hair and the black shirt? Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Is, is it that one? <laughs> <laughs> so after Archon Legion and Unleash the Archers at Home, it was the headliner for the night was Witherfall. Uh, they were kind of boring, uh, and I was tired, so I'm just going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, last day for... Uh, hyperspace they actually had a couple of bands from hyperspace have to drop because their uh, members got covid uh, mm. being uh siren and uh i believe forsaken right was the other one so it means there there were fewer bands this last day uh but it kind of made it uh not end so late which was kind of nice <laughs> for the last day <laughs> uh start off with like canthro who's like a wolf themes like uh uspme style band mm. uh we actually met 
uh, one of the main guys from Lycanthro at Prog Power many, many years ago. And he was like, oh, yeah, my band's playing hyperspace in a couple months. And well, here we are many years later. And I'm <laughs> glad to have finally seen Lycanthro live. Oh, God. Uh, they, they were fun. Uh, fun way to kick off the evening. They actually did have some technical difficulties. Uh, so their uh, one of their members was like telling jokes on stage to cover up the time, which it's it's I think it's a really important skill for a band to be able to have that like improv banter to kill time when yeah. shit's going wrong. Yeah. yeah, it's just one of those like unsung skills that you need. It's to really be able important. To have. Really important to know how to keep everyone going when something goes wrong. For sure. Uh, they also did one of the few covers uh, for this whole festival, which was they did a cover of a uh, Running Wild song, I believe, Port Royal. So that's super fun. Uh, I like it when bands do covers at these things, because especially if it's, you know, there's a lot of bands, not everyone's going to be familiar with your stuff. But hey, doing like a crowd pleaser just kind of can win some people over. Yeah, uh, Like, true. for example, the the folk metal band that started everything off, um, uh, Winter's Reach, they did a cover of uh, Drunken Sailor, uh, which you know, is perfect for folk metal, you know, tomfoolery. Mm. Mm. So I'm happy to see stuff like that as well. So shout out to Lycanthro. Uh, I've, they also had a guy come out in a wolf mask for like the last set of, or last <laughs> song of their set. I think someone said it was John Yellen, which I could totally believe because uh, he was, you know, big weirdo, which I guess that's John. Yeah. Uh, let's see who else do we have uh, this day so then uh, the next couple bands were Ark and Fire and Gatekeeper uh, this whole show kind of started off with three I guess similarly styled bands being more trad metal slash like uh, less Euro styled power metal so more more riff heavy more uh, of that style uh, these guys were good I think Ark and Fire have a lot of potential uh, Gatekeeper were really uh, exciting as well I enjoyed their song Keeper of the Gates, which just goes into the whole ha ha metal is full of gatekeepers. Ha 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 ha. Uh, insert all of your jokes here. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, then we got into Dire Peril, who also kind of uh, had a lot of unfortunate technical issues. Like their backing track wasn't working, so they couldn't do their Godzilla song. They just kind of did like, like almost like an acapella version of it. Uh, during one of their songs, actually during Roughnecks, which is one of my favorite Dire Apparel songs, they had their guitars just straight cut out. Mm. So they just kept going with drums and vocals. <laughs> yeah, they, they I, I saw that they had a couple more technical issues there. Had issues with the backing tracks and the sound, which is unfortunate, but we know these things can happen live. And they just For sure. try to power through everything. And, uh, well, this was uh, Jason's second set. Yeah, number two from Jason here. Yeah just fighting to to keep the the show going and he managed to keep it going that's great yeah it's nuts that not only did this guy do three shows at this whole fest but two of them were back to back yeah right after dire peril he's with his actual main band of helium prime i don't know how the guy's even still standing at this point let alone doing like another show here but god he did it uh so helium prime i've this is, I don't know, like the fourth time that I've seen them. And I think every time I see them, it's in like a larger stage and like a bigger context. Great. Uh, which is cool to see as as the years go on here and as we all you know, succumb to our slow deaths. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a downer way of seeing it. Uh, but sure. Why not? 
uh, we'll look into the future with, with Helium Prime as they go into space with, uh, with science. So I was curious to see these guys because uh, this was uh, the first time I'd be seeing them since uh, their third album, Question Everything, came out. And I was curious kind of what their live show would become with that. Uh, I was a little concerned, I think, early on in the show. Uh, I think they didn't pick some of their best songs from that third album to be live. Mm. And it, at least maybe because I was standing in the front and wasn't hearing everything correctly. But because such a huge part of that album sound is the keyboard, you know, for better or for worse not having that live mm. did seem kind of weird i thought mm. or at least just mm. kind of different but uh as as the show went on they started uh pulling in uh their other old singers so sozos came in and helped out with earth from their second album which earth is i think one of their best songs off of that album yeah it's one of the like their fast power metally songs so i was really stoked for that uh heather came in when they did um a song off their first album uh was it life finds a way it was probably lifelines away. I'm, I, I think there was so. a lot of stuff this this day. Some of the details escaped me. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We're gonna uh, and everyone that's interested, you can find this uh, because people have been saving these uh, videos uh, from the after the stream, and mm -hmm. I don't know how much of it was like caught up and and uploaded to YouTube or whatever. But people have been saving them, so you can probably find these performances around if you look for them. Yeah, most of the VODs are probably somewhere on Twitch or YouTube. On Twitch, I've, I don't know if they were still there, but it's worth checking. You should go check Grant's uh, Twitch and see if they are there when mm -hmm. you hear this episode. But uh, they closed their show really strong, so they did question everything, the title track from the last album, yeah. with all three of the singers up there, so just you know, so all the good. good vibes, everybody embracing, as everyone is happy to have here. No drama, no bullshit, just, you know, nice music, nice people. What more do you want? Yeah, it was, it was really great. That song came out really nice, and you can see everyone was having a great time doing it. Everyone was having a lot of fun being able to to get together and, and play live that the kind of song that they have only recorded each one from their own studio place. Uh, so then at the end of the day, when you do these international collaboration recordings, you're always playing to the click. You're not playing with someone else. You're playing with the metronome and then they get mixed later. And being able to get together and actually perform those songs and do it great, that's that's amazing. It's the best feeling. Yeah, Helium Prime as a whole, I think, have kind of struggled to have a consistent identity with all the the singer swapping. Hopefully, with them in a more stable place now, they can kind of move forward in that same in a, in a proper direction. Uh, I really like that title track and question everything. If they keep collaborating with other people, then hey, you know, more power to them. That's always fun too. Yeah. And to close out the whole festival, we had Into Eternity, who's like a very fast, shreddy. Uh, mellow deathy or me mellow deathy style band and the whole crowd was just going fucking nuts for these guys it was so loud <laughs> and so much shredding it was amazing i loved it uh another very special moment was during this uh particular set where uh cam pipes the singer for the now dead band three inches of blood uh came uh came out on stage they had kind of been teasing this throughout the day that uh, oh man they're gonna do a three inches of blood song oh holy shit oh god the singer's gonna be there oh man that's so sick is it gonna be deadly sinners it's probably gonna be deadly sinners uh it was not deadly sinners it was <laughs> destroy the orcs which is also a really good song uh but it's also a really fucking short song so like it was over like as soon as it started 
mm. but it was so hyped to see uh, like a, such a well-regarded but but uh, dead band kind of be like semi-revived for this. Yeah, that's great. I I saw that everyone was super excited about that. They've been talking about it throughout the streams, uh, in between the sets, throughout the both days. Mm-hmm. Everyone was super hyped. Clearly, yeah, absolutely love this. Uh, that whole show was amazing, and just really was a wonderful way to end the festival indeed I had a wonderful time in hyperspace i'm very much looking forward to next year uh some awesome bands to look forward to there including uh traveler and lords of the trident uh there's so many <laughs> uh, just fun bands to look forward to uh, i don't have the poster in front of me right now but i know they have more to announce as well uh, so everyone, please go to Hyperspace for next year. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, do check it out. Look look out for Hyperspace Metal Festival. If you are near the area, basically if you're in North America, it's worth going to, to that if you like power metal and melodic metal. And Canadians are super nice, as we saw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So coming out after Hyperspace... Uh, I didn't have much downtime. I traveled back for a day, got one day of rest at home, and then I wanted to catch the Dragon Force tour at some point uh, during this uh, little stretch that they're doing. Now, I had seen Dragon Force right before the pandemic shut everything down. I was lucky enough to see one of their last shows, and now getting to see them have this like resurgence, uh, like new uh, recontinued tour. Couple of years later, it's kind of like another bookend on the pandemic of like, oh my god, is this shit actually sort of over? Maybe. So I went to their show in Las Vegas because uh, I thought it'd be a huge fucking meme to see Dragon Force in Las Vegas on 420. You know, insert <laughs> joke here. Uh, <laughs> uh, definitely was a a cool way to see them. I think. So this band, they, they've got a lot of shows on the ticket for this particular tour. Uh, starting off with Seven Spires, who are uh, just are like up and coming darlings these days. I was very stoked to finally see them after their 2020 tours also got canceled. Uh, unfortunately, with so many damn bands on the set, their <laughs> set is extremely short. I think during most shows, they only play like six songs. Mm-hmm. During my show, they played fucking four songs. Yeah, you got the, the, the worst deal out of everyone yeah so like a couple shows before like when Hayes visions of atlantis couldn't make it they like got out a long set so i got the opposite of that which is you know sick mm-hmm. but whatever uh, i was happy to meet them and uh talk to them a little bit after the show nice folks uh they're gonna be doing a longer set at prog power this year next uh, i guess next month shit uh so looking forward to that uh, i brought my friend along uh to his first metal show for this particular uh concert and so I asked to make Seven Spires the first metal band he ever saw live. And he really liked them. So there you go. Awesome. Good job, guys. Good job. You won them over. After that is Visions of Atlantis, who this was interesting because they were on the tour with Dragon Force before the pandemic, too. Mm-hmm. And for that particular show, the crowd wasn't into it at all. I thought they were boring as shit. I'm like, why the fuck are you even here compared to Dragon Force and Unleash the Archers? It's just like, what the hell? And they were kind of like inserted themselves onto this tour late uh, in the announcement. I assume that's because of the Napalm guy just doing whatever the hell he wants. Mm. So more power to him, I guess. Yeah. What was the interesting thing about this show is in the with their upcoming album, uh, Pirates, <laughs> that's just called Pirates. <laughs> they have like done this such a hard pivot from like 
oh, we're so like soft and emotional, symphonic metal. Oh my god! Into fuck it, we're a pirate band now <laughs> because napalm. Oh my god! And it's really it's so stupid that I just can't help but think it's really funny and kind of fun. Ah, they got you. It yeah, works. That's, that's the thing. It, it actually it works. works. <laughs> it it does work. It's stupid, but it works. Uh, I thought the live show was significantly more fun than the last time that I saw them. The crowd was much more into it. Uh, granted, I think there was like more production value at this uh, this tour than last tour. But even then, just everybody involved just seems so much more into it. And so, yeah, is it fucking stupid and a meme? Yes. Uh, but I definitely did have more fun with this. So, fine. Be a pirate band now, Visions of Atlantis. <laughs> more fucking power <laughs> to you. I think one of the funny things about the way they're doing this show now is like the the guy singer, uh, the guy singer who's also in Temperance uh, will like throw his pirate hat into the crowd during one of the like the second to last song. But he then asked for it back. And I think the guy mm-hmm. who catches it is always very sad <laughs> to have to give the pirate hat back because <laughs> it seems like a nice hat. Yeah. If it's a nice hat, you don't want to really give it away, right? <laughs> yeah, like you can't give away those. They did like 40 fucking shows or some shit on this set. Or this That's tour. a lot of hats. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't quite have enough budget. hats for for all that. Jesus Christ. Uh, so let's see. After Visions of Atlantis, we had uh, Firewind, who is a band I'm like somewhat familiar with. I listened to their first album quite a bit. The main reason Firewind exists, to my knowledge, is to show off their guitarist, Gus G., and as far as the live show goes, he was, I think, definitely the best part. Their songs are, like, fine. And their current frontman, Herbie, who's also worked with Avantasia on their live shows as a backup vocalist, yeah, uh, is also, I would say, just kind of fine as the main singer. But whenever Gus G comes out and is shredding and he does, like, some light-up bullshit with his guitar and has, like, Smoke Machine on it, it's, you know, that's really cool. Uh, and I enjoyed seeing all of that. They close with a cover of Maniac. And Adrian Cowan from Seven Spires comes back out and duets on it, which is super fun. Uh, so that's a nice little way of uh, getting you hyped up for Dragon Force there as well. They both, they, they sing backup for uh, for Avantasia. Yeah. So they've shared that, yeah, for Avantasia, that, a little, little. That, that backup spot where it's the two of them to the side doing backing vocals for a bunch of songs. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a little reunion there. And hey, more Avantasia this year, theoretically, supposedly. Ooh. So let's go. Uh, that brings us into the main event of Dragon Force. Uh, this was, I think, a similar set list and similar like style of tour as they did um, before the pandemic, because it is kind of picking up where they left off in a way. Uh, so they have like the like the big metal dragon thing. They've got like the arcade machines. They do the the farming simulator bit where they like bring in guests either from their opening bands or they've also been bringing in like local guitarists to do the whole farming simulator yeah, bit. It's pretty which cool. Is really cool. Pretty cool. They, yeah. they had some girl from Vegas I didn't recognize for at our show. Uh, they had um, the guy from Lords of the Trident on and like their fucking Wisconsin show, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, so good to have some nice attention to detail, bringing in like local muse- musicians there. I think that's cool of Dragon Force to do. It is. Because really. they don't have to do they that. Don't, they, one would think that they are like far beyond caring about anyone else. Uh, but when they bring cool bands on tour and this thing of in every city where they are playing, they are trying to showcase for this little segment uh, someone local that people will recognize. That's uh, really, really cool. Really nice. Oh, that reminds me. I, I totally forgot to mention this. On fucking Seven Spires set, uh, Mary Zimmerman from Alien Prime, 
just happened to show up and do guest vocals during Lightbringer, which I'm like, that's great. Okay, that's great. I had just seen her with all the Helium Prime stuff the other day, and here we are. Yeah, because Mari lives in in Vegas, I think. I thought she was in Sacramento with the rest of the Helium Prime guys, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I I remember that she was talking about asking like, okay, who's going to the Vegas show today? Uh, uh, But maybe I'm wrong. What do I know? <laughs> she was I, I, there I for know. sure. <laughs> she, well, she was. She was definitely uh, there. So that's that's what matters. She was definitely there. Uh, that's all that matters, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it just makes the show a little extra special. No. Yeah. She she lives in Las Vegas right now. She's uh, currently resides in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, okay. So that makes more sense then. But hey, they they let her on. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that's cool. That's great. That's really cool. And it, it helps the, uh, that song. It's cool because that song was originally reason for two vocalists. So yeah, because they because the album version has the was it Casey Lee Williams? Yeah, Casey Williams. Yeah, so that's cool that they got them both up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new wave of nice metal buds, you know, continues to grow there. Right? <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Dragon, this whole tour in general had I thought pretty high production values. Even like the opening bands had like very impressive lighting shows. Uh, when I talked to Seven Spires after their set. Uh, they said that like the Dragon Force lights guy like offered to help the other bands with their stuff, and so I had never seen opening bands with like this like in depth of light shows. I wasn't sure if it was just because of like the Vegas venue or having like fancier setup, but no, I guess that's just what they did. Well, that's so, really hey. cool, honestly, to to share the actual uh, stuff like that. For uh, sure, that's that's really nice. It's very generous, actually. The fucking Dragon Force set had so many times where like confetti cannons would go off and it wouldn't just be like small things of confetti. They had like long streams of confetti that get stuck on all the fucking chandeliers. Yeah. And it's, it's this <laughs> nuts little thing. They have like videos going for all of their songs, including like just like Machinima, like modded Skyrim battles during Last Dragonborn. During some of their older songs, they had like, like during Heart of the Dragon which I was stoked to see live. They had like just edited together footage of like video game trailers of dragons. And there was, <laughs> there was one point where you could see like the Yahoo movies, like fucking like watermark on like the Aragon trailer or some bullshit. <laughs> and it's just like some fucking intern, like scrape these clips together. And it's so hilarious. I love it. Uh, that's so great. That's really great. During Heart of a Dragon in like the last chorus, they even like reference like whatever like the old nursery rhyme that Heart of a Dragon's uh, melody rips off. Ah, uh, yeah, so a, a little yeah. bit of tongue and cheekiness there. They also played Operation Ground and Pound, which is super oh, fun too. That that's such a great song, and they play they play really well live. Um, I want I wanted to mention before, uh, I forget you people for everyone that might not know, most if not all music venues have a little confetti tax uh if you use uh, confetti cannons you have to pay extra for the extra cleaning or stay yourself to clean it up it makes sense <laughs> because it's like such a mess it, it's you have oh, yeah. no idea it takes so long to clean that and stuff. they shot it so many times <laughs> i guess if it's just like a flat amount you might as well make the most of it it was it was a really great set though uh dragon force you know they've got their reputation like oh it's studio force oh they're so drunk like you know, fuck you it's a fun show you know lighten the fuck up they yeah. do a good job that that's so old though they haven't been they haven't been that stupid drunk live in like 10 years now so <laughs> yeah 
I was glad to not have the the technical problems at this show that I had at my last Dragon Force show as well. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that sucks. But well, that's again that hap- that can happen at any live show for sure. I I've I've watched Metallica on Rock in Rio 2015 in Rio to millions of people, just half the sound cut off and then everything cut off, no sound mid song, and then they bring it up again. And for the next song, uh, two bars in, it blows out again. No sound again. Jesus. So it can happen to anyone at any level. That hopefully it doesn't happen to you when you are watching a show, a cool show that you like. But it can, and that's just life. Yeah. So it goes. That's just kind of the risk that you run with it. Mm-hmm. So after Dragon Force, uh, very little downtime as I then flew to Houston, Texas to attend Hell's Heroes 4. Now, the Hell's Heroes Fest is uh, very much focused on like your, your your true metal, like your old school traditional metal USPM, you know, God forbid if I hear a fucking twinkly keyboard in there, <laughs> oh no, oh fuck. Like, you better wear fucking jeans and leather, not Cracker Jack clothes of this here set, brother. Oh, it's a very true metal festival. And my God, there's a lot of fucking bands at this festival. Uh, I, I think just as like an overview of this fest, it's an interesting setup that they have at this at the venue of the White Oak Music Hall, where there's like a main stage that they call like the downstairs area. Mm-hmm. And then they have like a second stage, what they call the upstairs, which is like a side room that holds like a couple hundred people, maybe. So you've got like a thousand in the main thing and like a couple hundred in the upstairs. And they alternate bands on these uh, different stages, like constantly. So if you wanted, you could just constantly go up and down, downstairs, upstairs, downstairs, have a never ending slew of bands. <laughs> uh, you will fucking die if you do this because there's like six per stage per day so like a dozen bands a day most of which only get a half an hour set but then later on it's like 45 or an hour i think for the headliner mm. uh it's kind of nuts there's no way you're gonna see everything unless you just hate yourself uh, <laughs> so you, you kind of have to sacrifice something to make sure like okay i i'm gonna miss the end of this band because i want to get a good spot for the start of this next band okay i'm gonna just miss this one to you know get a breather before the next band downstairs or whatever it is you kind of have to pick and choose uh it kind of a nice thing about it is while the upstairs sets with are so small and it's it's possible to just not be able to even get into the fucking room uh it also means you get kind of both worlds of like a normal ish stage with like okay there's actual room for people to, to be on this stage and then you also get like the small intimate like bar back room type of stage for yeah. uh, some other bands yeah which has its own appeal yeah and definitely. can be fun in its own right i think some of the most memorable sets for me were on that tiny upstairs stage because you're so packed in and you think you might die and it's kind of cool and i i think it got a lot rowdier up there during what was it like oath of cruelty someone was like like threw a trash can at the drummer that's so <laughs> insane just, i saw the video of that i i, it, I know way i was i was sitting so out for much. that one but man it's way it was, too much it's like a, and I, I don't know how to properly convey this only with words but it, it's like a full-on trash container like 
it's like not a little trash can, you know. It's one of the ones it was on plastic. the streets. Yeah, it's made of plastic, but it's like you could put a human in it, you know, and it just flew right straight at, at the vocalist, and he just dodged it. Like I don't know, it's amazing that he dodged it and didn't just eat it with his face because he would have been knocked out completely. Yeah, like it, that that whole stage got rowdy. I never saw any other trash cans get thrown. It's fucking riot! But there were you know, tons of crowd surfers and whatnot up there, and uh, it's a good time if you can if you can have the stomach for it. This show or this festival overall, there's not a lot of places to like sit down and watch the shows, but there's a whole outside area, which is like this huge courtyard where they set up like the the merch booths and there's uh, more bars, there's food trucks uh, that are out there. So you can get fresh air and sit down outside, which you definitely need for uh, for a breather. There's lots of places to get water at the fest, too, because, you know, it's fucking Texas. Yeah. It's hot. It's humid. You'd die. Otherwise. Uh, yeah, Texas kind of sucks. Uh, shout out to Texas. <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad that the fest is kind of looking at people there. I wish there were more places to both sit and watch the shows. Otherwise, like, if you're watching a show, you're fucking standing and your feet are going to kill you because there's so many fucking bands. But, you know, oh, well. This was me after, like, already a few days into my, you know, week of shows here. Uh, so with this show and all the bands there, like I said, it's it's a very specific kind of metal. There isn't a huge amount of variety uh, as opposed to like hyperspace, which is just like, you know, any and all forms of melodic metal, you know, fuck it. Everyone's welcome. This is more, you know, sort of old school trad style. Yeah. And you even see it in like the people in the crowd. Like I, there's always people wearing like battle jackets and shit and like leather or spikes or whatever at shows. That the proportion of that was significantly higher, I thought, at Hell's Hero than any other show I've been to. Mm. Mm. You know, it, it almost felt like I was walking back in time to the eighties. You know, there's people <laughs> in like leather pants and like big hair and you know shit like that. Shout outs to the guy with the fucking Taco Bell jacket with a fucking metal back patch on it, though. I love. <laughs> he was my favorite. He was cool. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, a cool thing about the, a festival like this and hell even hyperspace is the bands that are playing there it's like you know they're all fans of all the shit that's going on and you can just walk around and talk to them and meet them like i was i was wearing a, a visigoth shirt the first day there and i was just talking to a guy and his girlfriend there and the guy's like yeah so i don't i don't mean to be that guy but that shirt you're wearing i'm their guitarist and it was lee the guitarist for visigoth that i just happened to be talking to at this festival while wearing a visigoth shirt which is nuts. Uh, but it's very appropriate for what can happen there. Like this dude just looks like every other fucking dude there with, you know, long hair, battle jacket, yeah. you know, black shirt. Yeah. But Hey, that's, that's the vibe. That's uh, the vibe. This, uh, this style of bands, you know, everyone's uh, happy to be there. Uh, Visigoth's vocalist actually, uh, was at one of the shows later in the, in the festival. So as I was saying about these bands though, they're all very similar style. And so, it is kind of very easy for a lot of them to kind of blend together, at least when you're not as familiar with some of them. So when a band did some extra bullshit to kind of stand out to me, uh, that meant a lot to me. So like the first band on the downstairs stage was Savage Master, and they had like lots of extra theatrics with their show. Like all the guys are wearing these like cloaks and hoods where you can't see where they who they are. And then their their singer is walking out. She's got like a sword and like fucking like like candlestick and just like all these different props and shit that they're using uh that definitely helps with just kind of making their show feel a bit more unique compared to all the other ones uh, so i appreciated that 
Oh, any any all like theatrical bullshit definitely goes a long way, especially in this context. Mm. They brought out uh, during one of their songs. They also brought out the vocalist for uh, Lady Beast and Solicitor to come in for like more like more of the women on stage for like a big song that they had going as well, which was cool. Nice, very nice. Yep, always happy to see guests there. Like you got all these fucking people there, you know. Bring them on for a song. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Solicitor, we were up in the very front of their set. Their set in the upstairs. And my God, I thought I was going to die, but it was one of the coolest sets <laughs> I saw because these guys are just ripping so fast. I couldn't even hear the vocals because of where I was standing, but I could just like infer what the vocals were. <laughs> I, it's one of those where it's like you're getting shoved in the back when you're on the bar the whole time just because the crowd is so hyped up uh, and like so high energy at a set like this. So it's 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 very nuts, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun, too. During this uh, first day of the fest, they also had a, a secret guest on the schedule. So everyone's like, oh, shit, who's the secret guest? You know, is it going to be fucking demon bitch? Oh, I fucking might yeah. be. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, uh. The secret guest ended up being uh, Midnight. Uh, it's it's kind of cool just to have like that element of mystery, have people speculating. You know, there's people I had heard um, pretty early on in the day, like, oh, the secret guest is Midnight. But I'm like, what if that's like misinformation that's being spread throughout the fest to throw us off <laughs> you don't know man you don't know uh, man. but i kind of wish more bands would do stuff like that it's just hard like, to do stuff even, like that it is hard yeah but like it just kind of added like this extra like almost like game-like element to, because uh, to the fest it has to be for it to matter the special guest has to be someone that people know enough or care about that they are happy that they are there but, but at not the same like too time, big where it's yeah, like, it can't it's be like, the, the main draw of the festival because you're not advertising them because they are secret. Yeah, it so, has to be like the exact right level. Yeah, it's it's very hard, <laughs> or it has to be very obvious because it's like people from other bands that are playing that day, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I also want to shout out a couple other things that we were that we did while in Texas. Uh, the Lone Star Saloon, just like this random dive bar in downtown Houston, uh, they've got a jukebox full of metal that you can turn on and they will blast that shit into the streets. Uh, this is not a joke. This is real. It was amazing. <laughs> we had our own like mini metal pre-party blasting Manowar at this you know, saloon <laughs> in course. fucking Texas. Of course, blasting Manowar. How could you like, not? <laughs> how could I not? It's true metal fest, dude. Uh, also the uh, barbecue place we went to I believe it was called Pinkerton's uh, we spent way too much money on food but it was amazing uh, I guess that's why Texas really exists is for barbecue because it was really damn good <laughs> I don't know if you would be into it because I know you're particular about your, your meats and I stuff. am not particular uh, I'm just from a country where we eat meat constantly at a very high level so it's not me it's mm -hmm. just the fact that I'm from Argentina ah okay okay so okay Seriously, right. uh, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, how you were raised. It's how it is. It's the access <laughs> that I have for this particular food. It's so much better than what you have there. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> you will see when you but come we... here. The day that you come here and you you get a nice asado here you you'll see you have hyped up argentinian asado so much darko it'll never it'll <laughs> it never live up to it that's what you think but it will <laughs> well, we'll see i gotta go all the way around the fucking world for a, a hunk of meat hey 
<laughs> it's worth it. I fucking hope so. <laughs> Speaking of worth it, the second day of Hell's Heroes had so many fucking bands that I wanted to see. Uh, it was very tiring. But my God, uh, I want. I think I'll start off with Saber. They were the first band of the upstairs room. Uh, I had actually met a few of the Saber guys the, the day before, just talking to people. Their vocalist, Turbo Steve, uh, with those aggressive <laughs> leather pants, uh, kind of stood out. Real nice guys, happy to talk to them. And then their set just absolutely ripped. These guys go fast, and they do not stop. Uh, I had a super great time uh, watching Saber's set. Highly recommend checking them out. Uh, they only have, I think, one album so far, so they basically just played that album mm-hmm. uh, for their <laughs> half-hour set. Uh, very fun time. Uh, some other special bands uh, for me the second day of the fest. Uh, I think the one I was most like emotionally invested in was uh, the Lord Weird Slew Feg. I, I, that's how you say their name because I don't fucking know. Yeah, it sounds this is a band that I've. Yeah, these guys have been around for fucking ever, and they've got quite a few albums. Uh, I most know them from the video game Brutal Legend. They had some songs on that, and then I kind of got exposed to a couple of their albums through there. I was hoping they would play because they have so many albums. I was like, what the fuck are these guys going to play? But they ended up mostly just playing like their most well-known bangers from like their two best albums uh, being a down among the dead man and a traveler. So they basically only played like the handful of songs that I really know, which for me, was like super exciting. (laughs) So I'm like, they could have played all this shit, but they play the stuff that I wanted. Oh my God. Thanks guys. Amazing. And even though like they're kind of old, like they're very, their style of riffs, especially the stuff that they played for this set, felt a lot more like dramatic. Like it's it's telling like a like a sci-fi story basically through like trad metal and not just about being like a metal tough guy. Hmm. And like their main guy is very entertaining on stage. Some dude in the crowd like made a chainmail like hat and he just put it on his head in the middle of a guitar solo. <laughs> like it was nuts. So I was there was this like drunk guy next to me who was super into it. Uh, that's always a, that's great. Uh, a fun little extra that happens. <laughs> so I was so happy to have like the band I was like most emotionally connected to just from listening to them as like a 14 year old uh, actually kind of live up to that for me. So that was super cool. That's so great. And then right after Slew Feg and the downstairs main stage was Medieval Steel, which is like a, kind of a weird band because they had like like an EP in like the 80s and then like disappeared and then they have done like an album or two since then in recent years. But like that original EP, uh, like kind of got like a legendary status. And so mm. like these, ma- these guys on stage are really fucking old. And uh, <laughs> he, he's clear he can't just like do the old school stuff all the time because it'd probably be way too hard. But we had our whole group of people that we were at the fest with together in the front for Medieval Steel. And uh, when they like they close with like their most famous song, which is medieval steel where at the end of the chorus you chant medieval steel wow <laughs> Makes there's sense. a lot of fucking steel at this festival oh my god uh that was a super great time that was another one where the crowd was just like exploding with all of the steel going on absolutely nuts loved it all nice that, that sounds so great whatever especially because the song before they close with that like is like praying to the gods of steel and you just chant the word steel over and over again. It's like, my God, I've never been so metal in my life. Uh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a shame that this whole fest wasn't live streamed too. Cause I think you also would have had a good time with it. Uh, but oh well, probably, but well, that it, streaming a whole fest, it's 
really a lot of work. It's not uh, as easy as Juan would like to think nowadays. We're still not Dreaming quite anything there. Anything is kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, everything is hard. And combining multiple cameras, setting everything up, it's a lot of gear. It's a lot of work to set it up and tear it down every time. And the place has to have a solid, a solid internet connection with a lot of bandwidth for upload. And, you know, and it, it can be messy. Uh, for sure. And when you don't have that as a permanent installation on the venue, that means it's super hard because you have to like, you have all the audio things and now a whole new crew with a whole new set of skills with a whole bunch of gear to do the stream. And then you have the people presenting it and everything. And it's like, yeah. So it's great that we're moving into a direction where this is happening more and more, but we're yeah, like, it's possible. It's possible. It's doable now. It's not uh, prohib prohibitively expensive, but it's still some time until it's like a normal thing that everyone does. For sure. All right. Some other uh, highlights I'll mention real quick. Uh, Eternal Champion uh, were pretty cool. Uh, they, their main guy like walks out like a like a chainmail something like hood on and like a sword. And they're doing just crazy riffs and all of that. They had the vocalist uh, from Visigoth guest on a song too, which was cool to see. Uh, unfortunately, the eternal champion this is pretty late in the fest but it's also where they uh they took too long with their setup which means the whole like one band is on the upstairs which is immediately followed by a band downstairs thing got really thrown off mm -hmm. so i had to leave eternal champion set early to go catch uh the next set i wanted to see upstairs which was traveler uh, these guys were fucking sick uh and i'm very happy i got to go and see them i like snuck in through the side door of the upstairs room <laughs> in order to see them i think i was like technically in the spot that's like like roped off for uh like ada people to sit down but there wasn't anyone there so i'm just gonna I'm like, okay i'll slip in here hopefully no one gets mad i'm sorry <laughs> and so i i got to see uh traveler because of that and that was really fucking sick because those guys riff hard and fast you followed uh, they're the, actually you found the little place where you could sneak in the one place I could sneak in. Thank God for the, the secret door. Uh, so I get in there. Uh, these guys are actually touring with Saber and Haunt. Uh, mm. I, I'd only caught a little bit of Haunt show earlier. I, I kind of took a break then. But like I mentioned, Saber was great too. I think their tour uh, with Saber and uh, Haunt and Traveler might be done by the time this episode comes out. I think they call it the Allied Forces Tour, which is a fun name. Uh, but that was a bunch of lovely bands to see on there. Kind of... Uh, let's see some of that true metal is still alive in America with the with these hot new bands here. Uh, so yeah, Traveler, uh, super fucking sick. They're also playing at Man with Power in a couple months. They're going to be at Hyperspace next year. Uh, well, that should be a big draw uh, to the people who are going to those fests because they were fucking amazing. Uh, that brings us into sort of people who are starting to close out the night. We've got Riot. Uh, Riot 5, if you will. Uh <laughs> One one of the coolest outfits I saw at this festival was a guy who had like the riot seals, like little plushies on his shoulders. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, that was one of the most unique outfits I saw. That, that was really sick. Ironic he was there the first day. I didn't see it the second day, which is when Riot was actually there. <laughs> but uh Riot, I think, was one of the bands I was really into as well. Their style is more power metal-y than a lot of the other bands here so they kind of have like a more like sing-along whoa whoa -y style mm -hmm. a yeah. bit more than some of these other bands so i was really happy to to have some of that the crowd obviously pops off during 
uh, like Thunder Steel and uh, Swords and Tequila. They kind of did a, a special set focusing on some of their better albums uh, and more popular songs like that. So that was super fun. I took a, a video on my phone um, like during Thunder Steel. And when you play it back, you can just see like beer just fucking flying everywhere. Tons of people crowd surfing and all this other bullshit. Uh, so very, very <laughs> active crowd at this year festival. Uh, definitely a memorable time because of that. That's so great. Yeah, for sure. So great. <laughs> uh, That's the best kind of fest with a great crowd just going nuts. Yeah, like the the crowd at Hell's Heroes in general, uh, probably one of the more, I guess, active crowds than some of the other fests I've been to. Just kind of maybe being that more like true metal, whatever bullshit. Maybe it's younger than some other festival. Uh, but uh, definitely a, a rowdier bunch, which uh, kind of fits. But, you know, when you're walking around talking to people, everybody's nice. Uh, had a great time there. Mm -hmm. uh, Riot's also playing at uh, Prague Power uh, next month, too. So I'll be happy to see them again. I was really fucking tired at, uh, during Riot at this point uh, after all of these shows. Like I said, you can't sit down and watch a show. Like if you're watching the, any of these bands, you're fucking standing for it. Yeah. So uh, it's not like Prog Power or Hyperspace. Yeah, it's not on easy mode. This is like normal festival. No. <laughs> all, all these fests are like super endurance test. Uh, my God. Yeah. All right. So uh, Riot was actually the last band I watched. The couple afterward, um, they overlapped with High Spirits upstairs because with the fest times getting thrown off by everything. Because they didn't cut any band short if they went over like on prep time. They just did their whole set, mm. which on one hand is, you know, impressive. They're like, hey, let the band play. But also it kind of throws off the the block scheduling here. Mm. Mm. And then the fest closed with uh, with Sierra Thungle. I was just pretty much exhausted at this point. Uh, I only watched a couple of songs just to say I have seen Sierra Thungle. Like kind of similar to what I did with uh, Candle Mass the previous night. Candle Mass little too a little too slow and doomy for my taste but was happy to see just see like i have seen this band now i can say i did uh but that was uh a very quick version of hell's heroes a lot of riffs a lot of guitars uh my face was blown off mm -hmm. uh, lots of fun people there lovely time highly recommend uh checking out hell's heroes assuming they do another one next year which i bet they will it seemed to go over really well so i hope they do because this looks it it's a massive fest though i don't know how clear we've made this uh but it's two it was two days and you it's like 20 you bands. have the upstairs and the downstairs right and they are like uh staggered. so you have one show upstairs one show downstairs alternating and there were on day one there were seven bands on upstairs and then another seven bands on the downstairs and then on the second day, it was uh, six bands and seven bands. So, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's from like 3 p.m. till like midnight. No breaks. No breaks. It's nuts. All steel, all ahead. All steel, <laughs> all the time. Man, this is great. My God. This is massive. <laughs> yeah, and so that uh, was pretty much the end of my uh, metal adventure. With all these fests, all these shows. Uh, I'm on a little break now, but then, hey, Prague Power's in a month. Yeah. Got it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Why is traveling getting so much more expensive now? Ah. Yeah, but you had, you, you had the, well, you, but the, not you, but particular, but Prague Power, after all the moves of all the delays and everything, it landed uh, on a long weekend, right, for you in the US. So 
There's a holiday. Uh, it's right after a long weekend. Yeah. yeah. So there's because uh, that Monday is Memorial Day, and then it starts that Wednesday. So a lot of people are traveling during uh, those days. They're going on little vacations or whatever. So all the prices for all the travel just are super high. Especially now that everyone yeah, is like, traveling it's, it's, after not doing it for a long time. Yeah. Although normally Prague Power Falls like right after Labor Day. So it's kind of interesting that it, they picked another holiday to come right after. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. It is what it is. Yeah. The, the, the main takeaway from all this being like there is so much stuff coming back now. Like we, we got like a teaser of it last year, but it, it feels more real this time and less of like a weird, I don't know if we should be doing this type of thing. Because, like, throughout the course of all these festivals, like, I took a COVID test to get back into the U.S. after hyperspace. Mm. And then I took two more COVID tests, like, the week after all of this. And all of it was negative, even with basically nobody wearing masks in Vegas and Houston. Like, somehow I survived all of this still without getting COVID, which feels like a miracle. But, hey. It's great. Uh, it's great because it's good, yeah. uh, that means that we can do more stuff and all the risks are lowering and we'll finally reach a nice equilibrium where we can all do a lot of stuff that we used to do mm -hmm. so this is great this is all great news this was a great what an adventure man that you had that's a lot of activity a lot of shows a lot of yeah everything. i've been very tired this past week yeah i can imagine <laughs> i can imagine and then the, the flying between all the places and everything and it's like just going around and around briefing and marching drinking a lot i guess <laughs> yeah it's it's a good thing that like flying doesn't really bother me like it mm -hmm. does some people uh or else this would have been even more difficult <laughs> indeed that but that was great that was great i'm happy that i got to see some of it with the hyperspace stream but yeah i missed this i missed health heroes i feel bad that i missed them i should have tried to go there but well it is what it is we had this lovely summary of everything of Kyle's big metal adventure in 2022. And for more to come. Kyle's big metal adventure. And week and a half of riffs and mosh and drinks and steel and everything. And steel. It was great. Uh, and I think, I think that's an episode for now. Uh, no releases right now because we'll do that later another time. And this is a nice, nice little technically short episode for our standards yeah a big thank you to everyone who put on these fests you know like joey um the main organizer for, for hyperspace uh, for jason ashcraft the, the real hero <laughs> of, of hyperspace everyone who worked on hell's heroes the random nice people that we met at all these festivals uh, the friends that i went with to all of these things uh you all know who you are and i'm very happy to have uh, gotten to live life for a little bit here yeah i did and uh, that's it, right? What's the real, the real steel was the riffs that you heard <laughs> along the way or something. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, that was great. That was great. And yes. guys, we'll, we'll try to do another episode sooner, uh, faster. I don't know. We'll see. We, we're still here doing this little podcast. Yeah, thingy. Um, it's just that we do other stuff. <laughs> But sometimes sometimes but we'll, we'll we'll get to it we'll talk about new releases and stuff but for now check out the the day the wall came down by <laughs> eons and thrones thank you do check it it's a really nice song <laughs> i think and fly away by glory hammer i guess by glory hammer 
Uh, we'll probably discuss those later uh, in depth. But for now, everyone, stay powerful. Go riff hard. Have fun. I don't know. Go to shows. If you see that a, a festival is happening near you and you don't know a single band on it, but it's the kind of music that you kind of like, go for it. Go listen yeah, to like bands. You, you don't know the bands. Yeah. None of your friends are going. Fuck it. Go, go anyway. listen to new bands. It's great. The, one of the greatest ways to find new music is to go see a live band that you've never heard of before and see how it works live. You might find your new favorite band there. Exactly. And if you like meeting people, you might meet a bunch of people there that are really friendly. And if you don't want to, I'm pretty sure that you can stay with your arms crossed, not talk to anyone, and no one be, will bother you. That's valid so, too. It works for everyone. Go have fun with the shows and stay powerful. Stay powerful.